Let me ask you a question. Do you have a deep knowing that you're only just scratching the surface of where you're capable of taking your business growth? Are you successful but have some invisible hurdles that are slowing you down? Business growth comes from creating and implementing strategies and frameworks, but strategies and frameworks on their own will not take you to the level I know you desire and are capable of. Living in alignment with your unique human design will help you to attract the abundance you are ready for. And I've just created a free guide to help you understand your unique human design blueprint. It's called the Human Design Advantage, and you can get your copy over at samanthariley.global forward slash advantage. When you stand for something, people will move towards you. If you don't stand for anything, you don't, people don't know what, you do, what you're doing, right? So when you stand for something, you get up there and say, I stand for, you know, this thing. Um, people will come towards you, right? They'll gravitate towards you and particularly like-minded people will gravitate towards you. Here's the thing though, when you, when you say what you stand against, people will run towards you. Thought Leaders Business Lab is for you, the business owner, entrepreneur, the expert in your field who wants to be seen and heard as the influential thought leader in your industry. My name is Samantha Riley and I've been building and growing businesses for over 26 years and I've learned there are three key areas to your success, your mindset, your talents and the people you surround yourself with. Each week, I interview successful entrepreneurs and deep dive to discover the exact strategies that they've used to build their business so that you can experiment and implement these strategies in your business too. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Welcome to another episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab. I am joined today by my Thursday co-host, Tim Hyde. How are you going today, Tim? Good, Sam. How are you? I'm doing so well. We've had a busy week already, haven't we? We have. We launched our uh, knowledge business launch formula program yesterday and had a fantastic group uh, in for our foundation program Absolutely. together. Absolutely. Oh, it was so cool just seeing that many experts on a call and hearing about everything they know and getting super excited that they're going to be able to launch their program in 30 days and make a big difference, make, a, make an impact and uh, build their businesses at the same time. Absolutely. I think the best part for me was just the epiphanies. I, I love like, it. Oh, got it. <laughs> and that was, that was it. The transformation that you can create for people in such a small, short space of time uh, is really rewarding, isn't it? Absolutely. When someone says 15 minutes into the very first session, Oh gold, I think I've got all my value. I'm done. Like that's, that's a good day. <laughs> Absolutely. Now we're going to take that a little bit further today, of course, because we're going to talk about what it, takes to be a thought leader and, and what you can do to build your thought leadership position over the next 90 days. Mm-hmm. Um, and now this could be any 90 days really, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. This is a question that was asked by Anthony Chansamuth over in the Thought Leaders Business Lab community. He posted this and we thought it was a perfect question to, or the perfect topic to talk about today. While some people have, you know, maybe slowed down a bit and we've got a chance to stop and breathe and think about what we want our brand or our thought leadership to look like moving forward. If you want to connect with me, Tim Hyde, head over to winmoreclients.com.au forward slash connect. Or if you'd like to connect with Samantha Riley, you can find her at samanthariley.global forward slash connect. Now, before we start, let's get into, I guess, what is the thought leader? Because there's probably a couple of people on the, you know, listening in today going, Sam, Tim, 
what is this thought leader thing that you speak of? I've heard <laughs> that before. All right, but what is that? I'm, I'm curious to know your, your thoughts are on what a thought leader is. I think a thought leader is someone that's got a, a huge amount of expertise. They're the trusted go-to person in their industry. They innovate and have used all of their teachings to bring it together in a new way. And they share these innovative ideas to influence, inspire others. That's what I believe a thought leader is. They're bringing something a little bit different to the table. Even if the thoughts are the same as how, you know, the way other people may talk about them, they've got their own spin on it and they're quite innovative and they're very influential people. Yeah. So it's not just an expert, isn't it? Right. So it's above everyone, expert. everybody here listening today, you guys are experts in your field, but it's taking that one level further and actually kind of projecting that expertise. Mm. Now we, we were talking off air just a, a moment ago about where does thought leadership come from and you know, whether it's your material, original material, or it's a sort of mashup, a collaboration of all the other things that you've learnt. And often, you know, it is that mashup of different influences that you've taken on, the teachings, the learnings that you've had throughout your life. Mm-hmm. But it is actually that real thing. It's actually it's not whether you're just an expert, it's whether you are recognised by other peers as an expert. So this is the, this is the interesting piece because being a thought leader or having um, innovative ideas but not sharing them isn't a thought leader, in my opinion. My, I think that a thought leader needs to use their ideas to influence and inspire other people. So if they don't have an audience, they're not necessarily a thought leader. They might have an expertise, but they're not sharing those ideas. I know I've just, I've just opened up a can of worms. But what's the point of, of coming up with all of these innovative ideas if they're not being used to help others? And what I'll do, actually, I know, Sam, you've used this in some of your classes before as well, but I developed many years ago a social influence pyramid. And the top of that social influence pyramid is, is Thought Leader. And it goes down. I'll, I'll, actually, I'll put this post up again in the Thought Leaders Business Lab community on Facebook if you want to go mm. and check that video out as well. But it really looks at... at you know, I guess the work involved in being a thought leader and who you influence down the pyramid through different people who share your ideas, who comment and engage with it, who just read your stuff. Mm-hmm. And the vast majority of people who lurk, that's really easy mm-hmm. to lurk. Mm-hmm. And you need to lurk, you know, even thought leaders do lurk in other communities to kind I'm, of... I'm test lurking on TikTok at the minute. <laughs> I know, right? Um, we do. We do. Even, even thought leaders, you know, lurk and engage... Uh, with other thought leaders, you know, just to kind of test and validate and get their ideas. Mm. But I think the underpinning message, though, anyone can be a thought leader, right? Mm -hmm. And it's certainly not quick, but it is easy if you do the work. I'm so glad you left that big gap there. And we're not going to edit that big gap out because it is imperative that you do the work. There is no fast way to get to thought leadership. There is no fast way to be successful in life or business. You know, we all joke about being an overnight success, but we know that it's a joke, right? It's, That's right. It's that 10,000 hours that you did to get, <laughs> to get to that overnight success. And, and it's almost like those 10,000 hours is just the apprenticeship that even after the 10,000 hours, there's still so much work to do. Well, that, that positions you as an expert. I, um, I do an, another model um, as well that I actually saw years ago. Uh, one of my early mentors, Paul McCarthy, who's a, a, a very accomplished marketer in Melbourne, 
does this model where he draws a line. And if you want to do this yourself, uh, you know, on a bit of paper, if you've got some paper handy or just in your mind, um, you know, I would, I would challenge you to do this, this sort of idea, right? Now on this, this is a sort of your genius line. At one end of your, this line there is uh, expert and the other end is novice and somewhere in the middle is competent, right? Now I want you to just challenge yourself right now, put a line, you know, put an X on that line between, you know, novice and, and expert um, about where you are in terms of how good you are at what you do. Now, if you can't reach at least competent in what you do, you're not going to be a thought leader for a start. Okay. Or oh, not be, tomorrow. Not tomorrow. Okay. It's not that so you can't, but you probably need to brush up on your expertise. You need to learn more about your craft, your area of expertise. But most people who are listening will probably go, in terms of where you are at what you do, you're going to put an X somewhere between competent and expert. Right? Mm-hmm. If you're really confident, you might put it way at the top of your field. Right? You're going to be the best in the world. Okay. Now, the second X I want you to put on this line, this imaginary line, is where you are and how good you are at telling people how good you are at what you do. Now, what most people do is they put an X somewhere between novice and competent, right? And that creates this gap. And this gap is, you know, this is obviously a marketing challenge for us as well. But um, the mistake that most people make is thinking that becoming a better expert will suddenly make you that thought leader, will suddenly Mm. make people. Um, you know, recognize your genius and buy from you and pay you what you're worth when the reality is really true. Mm, right? mm-hmm. The time you spend becoming a better expert isn't really what you need to do. What you need to be is an expert at telling people that you're at least competent. Now, Absolutely. obviously, obviously telling people that you're incompetent <laughs> isn't, isn't a very smart way to go about things. But we do need to be, as a thought leader, thought leader is one of the things that unifies them all. They, they are experts at telling people that they are at least competent in their area of expertise. Mm. So we need to, um, and you have shared this with me before, and I think it's so powerful because our job then is not to, well, it is always to, to build our expertise, but our job really is to fill that gap between people knowing about what we do and our expertise. And I think if we are thinking about filling that gap every day, it could actually make a really big difference in your business. Mm. But there are a couple of fundamentals, I think, that we would both agree that need to be done, Sam. And the first of those, uh, in my mind, is actually sort of picking a lane before we try to stride down to. Mm. How often do you see this, Tim? Uh, look, all the time, to be honest. Mm. Um, we know so much, I mean, particularly when you get to that sort of 10, you know, that magical 10,000 hour mark where we're really, really, really good at what we do. Um, we tend to know a lot of other things as well. And we can become very distracted as we discovered from our, from our students just, just yesterday about all the things that they could be doing um, to kind of create this course. And we had to sort of all bring it back and say, just pick one, pick one thing. Yeah. Because if we pick too many, we never get to anywhere, do we? Absolutely. And I think, you know, and it is really important. It's not a thing that happens in the minority. It actually happens to, well, it definitely has happened to me. I don't know if it's happened to you, but I remember years ago talking with a friend and when you've been in business for as long as we have, you generally jump off the cliff and build the plane on the way down, meaning we can pretty much fix any problem for most people. But just because we can doesn't mean that we should. So this can get tricky for experts because they usually are really good at a lot of things and fixing a lot of problems, working with a lot of different people. So this is actually a challenge for a lot of people to pick this lane. 
I know that I definitely have had this problem in the past. And thankfully, you've had amazing mentors that have given me a bit of a yank and go, hang on a minute, we're back over here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And look, it does take a great deal of discipline and, and learning to be able to do that and not mm. just try and fix everything and be all things from all people. If we do just pick that, that one thing that we're going to be a genius at, Right? And, and and be that thought leader. We can we can do that and then, you know, once we've attained that, absolutely pick another one. But do that one first. Right? It's almost like, you know, running 97 metres of a 100-metre race and going, oh, I've done that. Yes. So it is. So that's really, really awesome metaphor. It's okay to choose a different lane, but make sure you finish the first race. Make sure you get to the end, follow through. Um, I think that was even something you said on our call the other day. There's like so many people get so close to launching their course and then they think, oh, I've got this other idea and they never actually get to the end, to that launch instead of going, okay, well, let's just focus on getting this thing done and then we'll move on to the next thing. Well, I think you were saying uh, that you'd spoken to someone who had lots of courses already designed and developed and built. Yes, and it's somewhere between 10 and 20. It's a lot. <laughs> um, and that's a lot, a lot of content. Mm -hmm. But to never put them out there, mm -hmm. you know, not only sabotages your business success, there's mm -hmm. a lot of work invested to not yeah. just take that last, that last step to, you know, to, to glory, if you will. Yeah. I mean, imagine having that many courses on the shelf. Yeah. Incredible. So yeah, pick your lane and stay in that lane until you get something finished. Now, number two, I reckon this one might be a little bit, controversial <laughs> controversial you and i never <laughs> right. and that's and that's staking your position uh, and staking your position is really about your point of view and i don't think you can be a thought leader without having a particular point of view and sticking to it mm. you need to be absolutely rock solid in what you believe in and rock solid in what you don't believe in Actually, you had a really cool saying just before we started recording that I have never heard. <laughs> just about to share this. I actually stole this from Steve Crossman, um, and I'm sure Steve stole it from somewhere else as well. But um, when you stand for something, people will move towards you. If you don't stand for anything, you don't, people don't know what, you do, what you're doing, right? So when you stand for something, you get up there and say, I stand for, you know, this thing. Um, people will come towards you, right? They'll gravitate towards you, and particularly like-minded people will gravitate mm -hmm. towards you. Here's the thing, though, when you when you say what you stand against, people will run towards you. I love this. I think this is so cool and it's so true. I'd never heard it before. And as soon as you said it, I was like, yes, it really is true. Okay. The thing is that so many of us who've, who are um, you know, coaches and consultants have come out of some form of corporate world, right? some other job. We're not, we're not all self-made entrepreneurs and any of you sam you know you worked in corporate for a little while and the <laughs> thing that the thing that corporate does to us is it sanitizes everything we say it makes everything mm. so politically correct that we can't offend people mm -hmm. it's always got to be kind of by the book sign up everybody kind of thing but we know look not everyone in the world is your client but if you stand for something really really particular and stand against some of the other things you'll find people flock towards you Mm. And some of our most polarizing, we just have to look in, in a political landscape. Some of our most polarizing politicians, love them or hate them, have some rapid fans. Mm. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter what mm -hmm. they say, they'll go, Yep, I'm on that. I'm on that. That's awesome. All right. Yep. Because they're yep. not only standing for something, they're also standing against something. 
Absolutely. Now, as a thought leader, you've got to have the courage to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, even if you haven't come from corporate, I think a lot of people are afraid to state their position for fear of judgment, for fear of online trolls, for fear of someone saying, you know, what you just said is BS, whatever it is. And it can be not so nice to hear those things. But if you've, if you're really solid in what you believe in, it makes it easier in going, well, you know what, it's okay. We can agree to disagree, but this is a hundred percent what I believe in. And you won't have that unwavering or maybe that person's right, or maybe I should not speak up, or maybe I should just go back and hide behind the curtain. Really, really need to know your position. Yep. Absolutely. Number three. Number three, create the image. So how are you showing up? We're all online right now. Yeah. Have a, have a, a think about the way that you've seen some people show up and what you've thought about that. Yeah. I think this, this is really important is, is that we sort of forget that when we, you know, are going to be positioned as this thought leader, when we're going to position as this expert, this recognized expert in our space, it's not just what we say is not just the information. It's also how we present that information and how we come across mm-hmm. you know, with that information. Absolutely. So, you know, Sam, you and I are recording this on Zoom right now. And even though that most people would be listening to the content, if you were watching this video, you would be seeing what's in our backgrounds as well. Mm-hmm. Right? And that subconsciously paints an image about where it is we're coming from. So, you know, I can see, Sam, that you've got your little, you've got your uh, irises in the corner. You've got your, sorry, they're not irises. They're lilies. They are lilies. Yep. They're lilies. There's my flower knowledge there. You've got <laughs> sort of hashtag courage thing, which I know you change from time to time. Mm-hmm. Your theme for the, for the month. We can see that you've got lots and lots of books, mm-hmm. right? And that immediately tells me that you're, even if you never read them, it tells me that you are well read. And when you position yourself and what you say, I'm going, well, you've obviously accumulated lots of knowledge here. Mm, right? You're not mm. just making stuff up. There's lots of stuff. Okay. I can see the door behind you to, I'm assuming into a cupboard, right? Mm-hmm. It's closed. So I can't mm-hmm. see what's stuffed into the cupboard. Mm, mm-hmm. And we need to think about that when we're presenting If We're presenting online and people can see who we are. What's in the background and what does that say about us and how we come across? Absolutely. Now, this isn't something that just uh, you have brought up or what I have thought, this is actually a topic that um, my co-host on the Business Geeks podcast brought up, Jennifer Crawford. She brought up this exact same thing a few weeks ago saying, it doesn't matter whether we think it's judgmental or not. We automatically assume if your background is neat, that you can be trusted more. If you've got all the the mess in the background and you've got the washing everywhere and you've got the dishes behind you or, you, you know, there's towels and sheets all over the sofa, we aren't going to position you in the same place. It, it doesn't matter whether it's just you or me or think that think it. There are lots of other people that are also thinking it. And on, on, by the same token, it doesn't matter whether it's fair or not. <laughs> That's <laughs> probably what I was trying just, to say, to be just, fair. <laughs> it just is. Right. Yeah, it just is, exactly. Now it's okay to vary from that, but you've got to have that central that central image that you adhere to, whether it's a colour, a look, how you show up, what you wear, all those sorts of things. I think that um, on this as well, create the image. I think it's um, really important that all your social media profiles have the same headshot. 
And the reason that I 100% believe this is that people recognize things that, you know, the same way that we'll know that a car going past is a Toyota or a BMW or a Mercedes because of the badge on the bonnet. When we're flicking across different social media platforms, if your pictures are different, it's not registering to us if we haven't met you that you're the same person. So for you to have a really solid brand and make it look like you're everywhere, you need to have the same image so that people are thinking, oh, I've just seen that person over on LinkedIn or I've just seen that person over on Instagram. So, yeah, you use the same image on all your social media platforms. It's actually more sneaky than that. And we, we don't really know it other than just brand. It's, it's, it's uh, congruency. All right? uh, and I used to see this all the time in advertising, you know, when I was selling advertising. If we didn't have a congruent message and image between sort of one step and the next step, people got lost because they go, am I still talking to the same person? Mm. Yeah, right? nice. And if our brains do that, if its brains sense incongruency, it gets confused and it backs off, mm-hmm. raises warning flags and says, this is not the same experience. Yeah. So that's something super easy to fix. So even though we're saying in the next 90 days, that's a, that's a really easy fix that you could do by the end of today. All right, number four. <laughs> number four. Whoa, this is, this is a big one for me. It's always been a big one. For me, always. Uh, that's a little bit like we talked about with picking a lane to start with, but you've got to commit to doing it mm-hmm. right? and, and be damned the sort of setbacks. Yeah, absolutely. I, for those who don't know, had a dance studio for almost 20 years and I was a classical ballet teacher and there is a lot of time for a classical ballet dancer to spend in the studio and they do the same thing over and over and over and over each class, twice a week, three times a week, every week. And then finally, sometime during the year, you get to go on stage. That's the fun bit. The children that showed up every week and committed to just getting that one thing done, no matter how boring they thought it was, were the people that showed up on stage in their one little time in an, you know, in a beautiful way, in a technical way, in a way that the audience was like, I want to see more of that. The children that turned up and said, oh, couldn't be bothered doing this. This is boring, Miss Sam. We did this last week. They show up on stage and no one wants to watch because it's just a mess. That's what happened in the dance studio. The same thing happens in business. Well, it happens everywhere. And I, you know, the story for me was with martial arts, you know, I'd throw thousands of the same punch and block over mm. and over and over again. Well, until martial it, arts and until, dance are very, very similar. Until it became instinctive. In, in business, we get these setbacks. If you put a post out and you don't get a response to it, what does that tell you? It doesn't tell you that that post isn't, you know, it gives you information back that maybe people aren't resonating with that post or they're not mm-hmm. resonating with that post right now. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean you, you stop doing everything altogether. Mm. You've got to keep doing it. And it's, yep. a, you know, it's a journey of inches, not of, you know, great leaps, as we, as yeah. we said, you know, it takes that 10,000 hours to suddenly be recognised as this overnight success. Yeah. It's the million little things that add up to the, to the big thing. I know with my clients every, every Monday, it's what are the three things that you're going to commit to this week? And at the end, we always celebrate. Okay. Did it go as you expected or did it, did it maybe, you know, happen a little bit differently? Either way, it doesn't matter. There's still a win there because you've either got a learning or something that went really well. Either way, it's yeah. still a win. 
Yeah, it just means that right now you've found a way that it's not going to work. Yeah, but that's the feedback that we need to be able to take a look at what we're doing, possibly tweak it, maybe learn something else where there's a knowledge gap. Maybe, gosh, it could be, you were talking about a social media post. It could be as simple as your audience isn't used to hearing with you and and it's just not showing up in the Facebook newsfeed. It might have nothing to do with your post. It might actually mean you need to post three times a day for the next six months. Like you don't know what that feedback is. Yeah, absolutely. Now that's obviously that neatly sequays into our last one, yeah. <laughs> um, which is around content, content and more content mm. um, that you need to do, right? If you are absolutely. not posting content on a regular basis, your community, your people, you know, who, who want to see your expertise just don't know you. Now, right now, in the world, whatever it is that you do, I don't care whether you sell chicken tutus or teach people how to make lasagna or, um, you know, help stressed parents, you know, deal with their kids while they're being homeschooled or are a business coach or a leadership coach or whatever. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what it is that you do. There are right now a thousand people in the world who are absolutely clamoring at the bit to buy what it is that you sell. There's, I'll give you even more than that. There are millions of people that are there ready to see you. So this is a Nike campaign um, that they have put out. Um, if you ever dreamed of playing for millions of people around the world, now is your chance. Now, I think this is an absolutely brilliant marketing message because whatever you, what you've dreamed of, you actually have the opportunity to do right now. There is millions of eyeballs on your computer every single day. So you put the content out there, you will get the eyeballs. Yeah. And it won't happen when the first cut, right? Or the second or the third, you won't be perfect at it. Right? but eventually you'll go, oh, my God, this person's actually putting some really good content. I resonate with their message. I know what mm. they stand for. I know mm. what they stand against. Now, as a thought leader, I'm going to add one extra thing in here, and mm -hmm. that's to use your face. Yeah, I think this is really important because as a thought leader, all the thoughts are related to you. So your face needs to be there. People need to see you. They need to be going, oh, that's, that's Tim again. That's Sam again. That's, you know, whoever. Um, so whether it's video, whether it's your, your um, images on social or having your headshot on your blogs or whatever it is, your face needs to be everywhere. I think this is, I'll credit this one to you, Tim, but 100% I agree that you do want to use your face. Yeah, you've only got one head, you may as well use it. <laughs> Even if your head's only good enough for radio? Oh, look, I, you know, I actually stole that one from a, um, a guy I used to know way back when in B&I. And, uh, and he always said, look, I don't, I've got a head for radio, but I've only got the one, so I may as well use it. May as well use it. Absolutely. Oh, seriously. No, and, and definitely. You do. You do. And, and I think what you picked up there, Sam, is that it's not just about creating content. We want to associate the expertise with us. And if mm -hmm. we're going to be thought leaders in our space, uh, and, and get the benefits of being that thought leader um, in terms of expertise and being sought out, being able to charge more, all those sorts of things. You know, if that content isn't associated with, with our face, we're going to miss the opportunity to connect as thought leaders. Mm, 100%. So the five tips that we have come up with today so that you can, the things that you can do over the next 90 days to build your thought leadership position is number one, pick a lane. Don't try and stride two lanes. 
Number two, stake your position. Number three, create the image. Just think about how you're showing up. What are people perceiving your expertise to be by what's happening around you? Number four, commit to the work. And number five, content, content, content. With the little bonus tip there, use your face. All right, so thanks so much to Anthony for bringing this question to the group. I'm glad that we could cover it off today. I think with so much pandemic talk, it's actually nice to think about how we can share our thought leadership so we can have some different type of content out there and really use that to build our brand. Because I don't know about you guys, but there's only so much of the Corona talk (laughs) that we can hear. And I'm ready to listen to to some fun things and some educational things. To be honest, I've been out of my newsfeed. I know a lot of people are saying, don't get into your newsfeed right now on Facebook. I haven't seen any corona stuff in ages. I don't need to know what restrictions I'm under right now. So. <laughs> well, you're of, in Canberra. You're, you're all good down there. It's kind of refreshing, really. Other you're than in, the, you're healthy, in the healthy thing. But yes, and as you know, that I, I even... Yeah, I don't, I've even taken Facebook off my phone, so I've just got too much to do. But shock, anyways. Shock horror. I know. Wow. <laughs> How so does that, she do it? Well, that, but that, let's uh, talk about that next week, Tim. Yeah, absolutely. We're going, to talk, we're going to talk more on how to set up, to, how, to, how to set yourself up to have your ideal perfect day, right? Mm-hmm. And actually sort of do these little sprints. You, you may have heard about uh, sprints before. We're going to go into what that is and how to kind of use sprints to get improve your productivity and get more out of your day than you thought possible. Absolutely. Because like you mentioned before, where we've got lots of Zoom meetings, there's all these things happening. It's very busy and it's very easy to get caught up in that and not, and spend all our time working in the business and not putting time aside to work on the business and also putting time aside to look after ourselves and make sure that we're looked after so that we can show up the best way that we can in our business. Absolutely. Guys, thanks for joining us for today for the Thought Leaders and Business Lab podcast. Um, if you, of course, if you've got any questions or comments, we're going to pop this episode up uh, in the community for you to uh, go through the show notes and, and ask any questions. And of course, if like Anthony, you've got a question you'd love to see us cover on the show, um, pop that into the Thought Leaders and Business Lab community as well. We'll jump on those and, uh, and we might be covering your question in an episode soon. Awesome. Let's do it. So if you like this episode, we'd love you to give it a share out into your social media or with your audience and uh, give it a like. And we look forward to being back into your earbuds next week. Ciao, ciao.